0: Welcome to the Expanded Podcast with your host, Lacey Phillips. As a leading manifestation advisor with a process that's, well, radically different from the old New Age model, mine is rooted in psychology, neuroscience, and my energetic gifts. Therefore, I created this podcast to help you expand your subconscious limiting beliefs about the potential of deserving the manifestations you're calling in. In each episode, we'll walk through my expanders, a term in my manifestation formula signaling the people that already embody, have, or are successful in what we are looking to call in. These are the people that we witness through our mere neurons on a subconscious level that expand us into knowing that our manifestations are possible as well especially when we hear about their background, their upbringing, their trials and tribulations and any of their pitfalls that they had to experience along the way. Therefore, you're tuning into this podcast series to show your subconscious that anything you desire is possible and by pressing play, you've already started the process of manifesting it. If you enjoy this episode, please leave us our review, comment, and share it with your fellow manifester that's struggling or could really benefit from the information that you're about to learn. So the block I want to get into today and address is the whole trigger of laziness. This is huge. Many of us in society, were programmed that we're lazy if we're not constantly working or hustling or going after what we want and we see these deadlines or... These road uh, checkpoints in life—if we don't achieve this by this amount of time—and we're just hanging out and doing the things we love, then we're lazy, and this is super problematic when it comes to magnetism. I was just talking to my hairstylist about this last week. This is a trigger for him, and what I really want to say about it is. Number one, you need to find out your authentic code, period. You need to find out the four elements that make up your authentic code. And you can do that in up-level, all three of the workshops inside of it, the Run. You can do it inside rock bottom and you can do it inside next level, whichever you're at. You're in a rut if you've kind of been in a rut, just sort of, you know, in a funk for the last four months or more. You're in a rock bottom if you got earthquaked, Your total security got pulled out from under you recently and everything you knew to be okay and your worthiness has sort of been robbed. Or you're next level if things are flowing along, you seem to be manifesting with ease, you're in a good place, that's when you're wanting to take it to the next level. All four of them teach you your authentic element. Everybody's unique. And here's the deal. When you figure out your authentic element, there's no real such thing as laziness (laughs) when you're in flow with your authenticity. It's impossible. So for the person who feels super guilty about binging TV or, you know, having self-care or taking a day of total rest, when we can get very clear on our authentic code, the four pillars of it, mind for example it's not crazy that I teach manifestation and you learn in there that where we lacked in childhood a lot tends to help define what our true authentic elements are today and so mine are luxury and to me that means freedom like having enough security financial security to be as free as I want to enjoy the things I want when I want how I want totally free. So luxury. Two is being seen. So being able to teach, be seen, heard. That's number two. Two things I didn't receive when I was younger. Three is work, my legacy. So leaving behind this work. And four is definitely my self-care spiritual practice. And there's a whole series of prompts and all sorts of stuff so you figure out yours inside of there. When we know ours, it's all about anything that aligns with those are in flow. So for me, for instance, self-care and nurturing my spiritual practice, all of the stuff that I listed before, like rest days, self-care, binging TV shows, whatever I need to do, that isn't lazy, And also you have a form of that inside of you as well, whether it's nurturing family or, I mean, everybody's is unique, but you have a form of that too. So when we can really lean into our authentic code and get rid of everything that isn't our authentic code, we create massive magnetism. One of those happens to be learning the art of totally doubling down into our authenticity and knowing that we don't need to dog paddle, you know, where it's not needed. So rest days that are in alignment with our authentic code, self-care, checking out, going out and hanging out with friends if you're somebody who gets that through connection. All of that isn't laziness. In fact, when you're doing it and it's in alignment with your authentic code, what you're communicating to the universe and projecting is, I'm so worthy of this time that you're going to send me more of it and in abundance. So I really want you to just reframe the way that you're finding yourself to be lazy. Now, if you're somebody who's using all of these forms of escape, to deter and procrastinate on what you know you need to be doing. So meaning the person who's just checking out, playing video games, or always out shopping or drinking, over eating. these are forms of escape. It means that we're actually really out of alignment with our elements of authentic code, that we're trying to escape all of the things we, the stresses and pressures we have to do that aren't aligning with our authentic code. That's why we're finding forms of that serotonin boost, social media can. Comm- be a version of it. Something that's going to pump us up when we're feeling so low because we're stuck in literally a rut that doesn't serve us, that isn't in alignment with what lights us up. So I really want you to reframe laziness if you know your authentic code, which you'll find an up level, up level, and you start to line your whole life up with it, <laughs> and you enjoy those rest points. You're actually incredibly magnetic because, again, you're communicating that' nah. I don't need a dog paddle everything I want's coming but you can't fake that you need to align with it so I want to share that I think it's a really important trigger especially while we have the holidays we kind of get this like pass to enjoy and relax and rest and enjoy family but that can be all year long and you can manifest a lot more of that that lights you up and makes you happy so that's my note for today today's guest is max kingery which his real name is frederick maxwell kingery it's my fiance we thought it'd be really fun to bring max on because I, it's so funny i like it boggles my mind that I'm Google-able. <laughs> like it's like I'm a Google search. But when you do type in my name, I think it was like the third search word that comes up or phrase is Lacey Phillips' fiance. And I was like, well, I guess people are curious about him. And so let's bring him on. So that's one point why we brought him on. It's really to expand people through how we met, like our bumpy, rocky start and how I use the formula on him and he called me in. So that's one point of it. It's a relationship expander. Second, Secondly, he's really, really fascinating because he has always known what he's wanted to do in fashion, starting lines, ever since he was tiny. And so he has learned all of the ropes. He's private labeled. He's really versed on clothing lines and fashion that a lot of people were requesting more designers and, you know, people that are creative and have entrepreneurial businesses in those realms that I thought he could serve as a perfect expander for that person who is creative and entrepreneurial. And then thirdly, you would find him very expansive if you are struggling with addiction, if you are navigating sobriety right now, if you're deep in recovery. He has been through it all from a rock-bottom heroin addict to getting sober to now being um, sober and giving back to his community for quite some time. So I figure he's a pretty big expander. You guys will really enjoy him. Um, we are pretty honest and funny in it. And yeah, kick back. You're going to love this episode and enjoy meeting my very mysterious Virgo fiance who does not even have social media because he loves to be mysterious. Um, let's expose him to the world. Enjoy. So I'm so excited to have you on the podcast because you are like the ultra Virgo with no social media. You love your privacy. You love your mystery. So having you here is already so exciting and I can't thank you enough for opening up.
1: Yeah, and I'm completely flattered. And I'm also a little bit insecure too because this is way past my comfort zone uh, and it feels... You know, I've done podcasts before and I've really enjoyed them, but it feels like a whole another layer of being uh, vulnerable, Mm -hmm. especially because it's speaking to this audience that so intimately knows you. And I've been able to maintain like a kind of a safe distance Mm -hmm. while being supportive and, you know completely impressed about what you guys are up to, but now I feel a little bit exposed. <laughs> and it's just like intimate audience that you have and you guys are doing such amazing things. And you know, now I'm I'm here. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm out behind the woodshed mm. kind of
0: So, so we're speak. grateful. And I think so many people listening can resonate with that who are equally I think one of the biggest, truly the biggest blocks, and I'm not saying this is yours whatsoever, but for the person listening of why they can be expanded through that. One of the biggest blocks to truly following our dreams, especially in things like career, is we're so afraid of how we'll be perceived or we're so afraid of being seen. And so the fact that you're even willing to get out of your comfort zone and beyond this is so inspiring for anybody who's sitting there that equally feels that sense of like, I just want to stay private and unknown or... Or you know they're not the same things, but thank you for being honest and sharing that.
1: Yeah, and I and I think it's really amazing the lies that our heads can tell us. Like there's this invisible audience in my head that's against me, that doesn't support me, um, that I'm scared of. Mm-hmm. And you know these opportunities to kind of come forth and face that and be in a position to to do that with confidence and support. It's challenging.
0: That leads me to my first question I think that can be very helpful is how do you reckon with or push past those voices of fear or those voices of doubt or not good enough or limiting beliefs?
1: Well, I, I think that it's been a really um, challenging thing. And I think it goes back to just like the fundamentals of my spiritual program, which is, you know, I have to have faith. Mm-hmm. I have to have faith to get up out of bed every day and kind of go about my day in pursuit, uh, you know, of the things that, you know, I want to accomplish. And I think your question can be challenging because some days I'm able to do it and some days I'm not able to do it. Sometimes that voice in my head really dictates how I go about my day in fear. Sometimes I'm able to, you know, change the track in my head, the the self-centered, the scared, the self-loathing, I'm able to kind of like reset that, and that's just due to spiritual work, which has kind of helped me have, uh, develop a connection with a higher power and, and you know be able to calm that voice and that lie that I can tell myself, which separates me from other people, which separates me from doing the things that I want to do in life.
0: I think this is a really good point to let the the listener know, because we always we cosmically profile, as you say, around here, that Max is a double Virgo with the Sag rising and he's a manifester in human design so i i'm
1: really proud of that he is Is and he's
0: actually one of the few manifestors i've met who truly lives his design
1: i'm really proud of
0: it you like it to the point where i'm always like like (laughs) you are so fearless about following every impulse being polarizing you don't care who you offend i do well i mean it doesn't limit you because that's what limits most manifestors
1: well, I'm glad that's your perception because sometimes it's not mine. Okay,
0: oh, <laughs> that's really
1: encouraging, and I'm I'm, I'm flattered. holding that vision. For yeah, you. no, that's great. I feel like it reinforces it. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, when we talk about the cosmic stuff, I love it. I mean, I I do because I really identify with those things, and it's weird because I do kind of have um, these impulses in one way, which is a dangerous word, but in another, it's like this you know, compulsion to do things. Mm-hmm. And it's fun because for me, it's really a driver. You know, it's like, it's this thing that, you know, whatever it may be, uh, it comes up in different ways in my life. But I, I just... I'm so grateful that I have a drive.
0: And you have these systems. When we met, it wasn't like I had to force systems on you. You were totally intrigued. You already had your different forms of spirituality that you were practicing along with the program. But what I really think is so fascinating, because the systems really I identify with them. Like most things are in my chart. And when I first met Max, I called on Danny Beinstein. Every all of you guys know of her. She's my astrologer, my psychological astrologer. Shout out to Danny. You're Shout awesome. out to Danny. Max has also worked with her and like so many of the things were in the chart. She was like, he's going to be great. He's ready for a relationship. He's not going to be the dad who's wearing like the baby Bjorn at the circle for classes Both. every morning. He works really hard. Yeah, He's very driven. Um, he's an, uh, he has addiction in his chart. Like a yes, lot I of do, those things. Through and through. I mean, there hasn't been one person I've talked to. Addictions very heavily in your chart of something you've had to experience <clears throat> in this lifetime. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it's there. It runs in my family it's just I know to my core that I'm an alcoholic and that's something that I've had to uh I don't like the word deal with um but that's been apparent a uh ever since I was a teenager mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm just one of those people that when I have a drink or a drug I, I can't stop mm-hmm. um and I was able to get sober through the rooms of AA, and that completely changed my life. Mm -hmm. Before that, I had virtually no spiritual program. Like, I'll laugh sometimes and look back on it. Like, I definitely had, like, a green smoothie or two and went to a yoga class, but I was also a heroin addict. You know what I mean? Like, it was, (laughs) you know, it was there in spirit, but I had no capacity in any way whatsoever to be able to actually have a spiritual practice in life.
0: Are you willing to talk about your sobriety journey just in the very first part? Because I think that that's such a hard thing for the person who might be sitting there listening, who is struggling with addiction, that whole potential of like, oh man, getting sober or detoxing or going to treatment. Can you talk about those and how your failures and your successes in a nutshell?
1: Yeah, I can. Um, And it can feel a little bit uncomfortable talking about that because I do really respect the traditions of AA specifically. So I'll I'll do my best Mm -hmm. without trying to you know, kind of break tradition of Mm -hmm. anonymity, but yeah, uh, alcoholism, I have a very interesting relationship with it. You know, it was kind of the uh, household religion. Growing up, my dad is a recovering alcoholic. There's plenty of recovering alcoholics in my family. So it was always there growing up. I, I used to go to AA meetings with my dad, be in these, you know, a mixed meeting in, you know, the hate districts, Uh, of San Francisco and it'd be like, what, you know, what is really going on here? It'd be these cool stories and uh, this room full of people that seemed kind of strange, but that's where my dad went. And growing up, it, it was there. I remember having conversations with my dad and he'd be like, Hey, by the way, you, you might have this thing, this alcoholic thing. Like you should really do your best to stay away from drugs and alcohol. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I remember him having a conversation about that and I'm like sitting in the front seat of the car with my skateboard, like just, I mean, with my hand on the door about to leave. And he was like, hey, by the way, you know, you got to be careful. You know, you, this runs in our family and it'd be like, Ugh, you know, see you later. And I mean, from that point, I think I was going into the bushes to go smoke weed five minutes after that conversation. Mm-hmm. And after that, it was just, it was on. Um it's something that uh it's a progressive disease. Um and I demonstrated, you know, that once I started drinking and using drugs, I couldn't stop. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And I'm one of those people that I never had a social drink. If I had a beer, um I would feel immediately intoxicated and the things that would ensue were out of control, criminal, everything. Mm-hmm. It was chaos.
0: And you started using at what age? Uh, 11. Mm-hmm. And then when did you finally get sober?
1: I got sober when I was 23. Mm-hmm.
0: And how was that tiny process, not tiny process, but that like <laughs> no. that chunk of your life for the That person chunk of my life who's there questioning sobriety right now.
1: It took a long time because I I remember I you know I had mentioned that you know the writing was on the wall for me and it took a very long time to understand Um, that that was the most critical issue in my life. Mm -hmm. Like if you sat me on the couch when I was 21 years old and strung out on heroin, I could have given you eight reasons why my life wasn't working out. And the fifth one would be the fact that I'm a maintenance drug user.
0: Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. So I lived in a perpetual fog um, that – Alcohol and drug addiction creates for people, and it was almost impossible to see through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, coming out of that fog uh, was was extremely painful because I, you know, as an alcoholic, that's how I survived. Mm-hmm. I, for whatever reason, you know, I didn't really understand how to do life, mm-hmm. uh, and living with the human condition that we all had was uh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, uh, and so I don't want to, you know, war story or brag. I'm I'm a garden variety. I'm not special. Mm-hmm. I'm not cool. I'm I'm just somebody who is susceptible to alcoholism and drug addiction, and it's something that I treat uh, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you know it's, you know, AA uh, and my sobriety comes first.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. So here's what we're going to pivot into. The big pressing question everyone wants to know is, do you do my work? <laughs> well, the honest answer is no. And explain why, because I think it's a really great thing for people to know in relationships. Well, I, th- I think that it helps us
1: maintain uh, security in our relationship, at least for me, mm-hmm. because I'll say this first, that not only am I supportive, but I'm also just shocked at what you've been able to accomplish. And it's been so inspiring to see it secondhand um, and experience this and, and see like what's going on with people that are doing the work and the meaningful things that's happening in their lives. I mean, it's really powerful.
0: Mm, it's amazing, thank
1: um, you. you know, but being your partner... I have had an instinct and, and maybe it 's wrong, you know maybe I need to reevaluate that, but i 've always had the instinct that this is something that you 're kind of uh, um, creating right and it's this it 's this process that that 's evolving and becoming so powerful that i don 't want to form judgments about it. Mm-hmm. I have an open mind to it, I believe in it i 've seen it mm-hmm. there 's evidence to it. Um, and I, for some reason, I feel like being your partner. Um, if I were to start to kind of like get involved, and then you know maybe kind of form an opinion about it, it would it would start because that's a characteristic of mine, mm-hmm. right? When I get when I see things like I I really have to like you know kind of get involved or form an opinion or you know what I mean, kind of you know or maybe even challenge it. Mm-hmm. And so it's been very special to see it. And just let it be Mm -hmm. and let it be this process and let it be, you know, something that, well, it doesn't belong to you now Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. You're sharing it with so many people, but it's been really powerful to be a witness.
0: And also I think the really important thing, like the cut through thing that you always say is I don't want to date my therapist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's so important for couples to know who yeah, are in totally. these types of professions like you don't want to be analyzed all the time at home it's like
1: no i just want to be your equal
0: yeah and i think you that know? that's really beautiful so it's a great boundary i think
1: yeah no i think it's really special in the relationship to you know, have an even keel. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, you know, fortunately, it's like we both have our spiritual program.
0: Totally. Uh,
1: And where they overlap, they overlap. And that's great. I wish there was more of that. Sometimes, you know, it's a reality and sometimes it's not. But I think that it's been, when that comes up, you know, I wonder, it's like, am I being offensive? or Is that not supportive? But if I was honest, I, I think that I mean it in every sense of the word that I think it's the best best way to be
0: supportive of you mm-hmm. and, and to what's going on. Totally. I respect it. I totally respect the boundary. And I think by osmosis, we both pick up on each other's spiritual yeah. practices. You've introduced me to so many wonderful ones. And that's the next question that they they have. Well, Aside from the program, what are your spiritual practices? Because I know that that's your main, um, but you do have other things that you imbibe in as well.
1: Oh, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I think that, you know, my spiritual practice is, well, this is almost sounds kind of contradictory to what I just said, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm down. I'm trying to be an open book. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have any more ideas. Every single day, uh, you know, my spiritual program is growing from from the concept that I'm open and I'm willing. Mm-hmm. All I know is that, you know, it's critical for me that, you know, I pursue spirituality in any which way I can. And uh, you know, when I find myself recoiling from something is when I'm living in fear. Mm-hmm. And so, my spiritual practice I don't know. I mean, what are I, some
0: of the tools and practices you've been? Well, using? Well, you
1: know, you know, I love my breath work.
0: Yeah, you love uh, Max. Uh, loves he's know. like every Sunday night at Yogala, Shout out to Yogala, because you know. love it. It's down the street. You yeah. are like doesn't give a shit what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> he's
1: there. Yeah, no, I just think it's great. I really do. And half the time I go, it, it's 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 not always this you know prolific experience, which makes me think about it too. It's my spiritual practice. I'm just practicing, mm-hmm. you know. I, I'm just trying to show up. I'm trying to show up in, in any which way I can, in any capacity I can. Whether that's you know in the rooms of AA, or whether that's breath work, or whether that's going into one of those deprivation chambers. Oh, I you mean, love those too? Yeah, I do. You know, I, I, do, I really like sensational things like that. That's it's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. <laughs> but it's also it's also kind of a lie too. The idea. The idea that, you know, I need to go into a deprivation chamber to have a real meditation is a lie that I can tell myself and it can also take me away from it because the reality is I can go in the room next door, close my eyes, and practice meditation. Mm-hmm. I don't need to go spend, you know, $30, 40 dollars to go into a meditation chamber mm-hmm. to do it. I have the capacity now to practice my spiritual program
0: whenever I want. Totally.
1: So I do like those. I mean, they're, they're fun. Yeah. It's cool. It's, yeah, it's just, I, yeah, I get excited when I talk about those things because it's, it's, it's fun, and I'm, and I'm grateful that I have the capacity to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I, you know, I attribute that to, you know, when I have willingness because mm-hmm. that's really important. The moment that I go, yeah, I'm not going to do that, my, my day usually is a little more complicated and a, and a little more painful, to mm-hmm. be honest.
0: And you also have your crystals in your car. You're doing your reishi and all your cordyceps these days. Like, talk about all of your favorite tools right now that you're using.
1: I like to experiment. Uh, And I'm, as you know, just because I put out a a mushroom collection, I'm having a real moment with mushrooms. And, (laughs) you know, it's fun, it's cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really do believe in the power of mushrooms. And, I got to be honest, like I've been doing Reishi, Lion's Cordycept, <laughs> Chaga, Chaga, uh, I'm forgetting one, and I feel great. Yeah, yeah, you love it. I really do. You uh, love
0: the witch brand.
1: Uh, I shout out to Paul Stamets. He's it's a very amazing. cool guy.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and he was also really inspiring. Well, I was working on the Mushroom Collection when he did that really phenomenal podcast with Joe Rogan. And I was just like, oh,
0: yeah, it was so cool.
1: One. Yeah, I was like. So deep in the wormhole. Uh so that was really fun. Um and then yeah, I mean right now I love my I love my vitamin C and my B twelve.
0: You like the like for the people who are curious. Because yeah. it's the it's the quickest to absorb through the, the blood bioavailability brain.
1: is apparently yeah. much higher. And it's cool, too. I, when you take that B12, you can, like, smell it on your skin. And you pee, it's like, whoa.
0: <laughs> it's so strong. Yeah, it's
1: fun. It's very, like, sensational.
0: And people wanted to know if you were like this before me. And I'm going to say absolutely. Would you say that your dad and mom were really big expanders for you in self-care and spirituality?
1: Yeah. When I look back on it, my dad's been doing acupuncture. I mean, he's, he's an OG. Man. I think he's been doing it. Since I can remember, um, you know, he's a, he's he's all about it. Um, and my mom, yeah, I always tell you that story about when she was doing uh, the green juices and mm-hmm. she gave me one, and I just it was like parsley and all these like heavy green goods, and I took a sip of it and just threw it up all over the counter <laughs> in the kitchen like instantly. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's funny because when you point that stuff out, like I, it's so easy for me to forget. Mm-hmm. It's so easy for me to forget, but yeah, it's totally true. It's totally true, and for that, I'm I'm grateful.
0: Absolutely. And you grew up in really uh, spiritual places like Portland and and basically San Francisco and Marin. I mean, you were always immersed within cultures that and now LA are, that are very open to spirituality and self care.
1: Well, that's all I knew at the time, so it's 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 yeah. hard to see it, but yeah, it's definitely.
0: But you certainly weren't that way as a teen. You grew into it in your older years, right?
1: Yeah, well, in my teenage years, I was just I was a juvenile delinquent. Mm-hmm. Right? I was just a criminal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I was very much removed from that. Um, and as I got older, I mean, it came back in spades.
0: And then another big question people have, and I'm curious to hear your answer on this you know, because I have my own thoughts, but how can I introduce my husband to more deeper work without it looking like I'm ramming it down his throat? May it be spirituality and self-care.
1: That's really challenging because for me, there's resistance when you are first into something. Uh, I'm a big proponent of, of leading by example. And I I honestly think the more that you try and influence people, the more that they're going to recoil from it. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone really has their own journey with those things. And, you know, it can be really challenging. I'm really sensitive to that. Mm -hmm. When people are saying, like, this is what you need to do, it can cause me to kind of recoil. So I think leading by example can be really powerful about just kind of, you know, letting people witness what kind of effect it's having in your life Mm -hmm. can be really good data or really good information for somebody to go out of their comfort zone.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that is really the best way um, Mm -hmm. when it's not you that I'm trying to force to do something new,
1: which you're you're always. And and, and it's there. I mean, I did my Mm hards. And I did my my hards after I heard you do it today. The odds of me doing that today were low. And because he's we're talking, in transition.
0: He's talking about the Kundalini Har Prosperity Meditation. Yeah. yeah,
1: And I think I'm, I'm secretly, I, I think that Kundalini is so cool. <laughs> I really do. And I'm scared of it. Like I am. Like we just opened a store in Venice and I see uh, the, oh, yeah. the folk going down the street. The and there's mecca. this part of me that's like, uh, it's like watching the cool kids go by at school where I'm just like, dude, they're so about it.
0: They are and so it, committed. And
1: I, you know, I just, I respect that. I, I like, the f- I love to see people in such pursuit of spirituality. I think it's so cool. I really do. But I, I'm a, I'm not there yet. No. I'll do the hard.
0: <laughs> I'd support I, you if you went like full white. You would? I would yeah. I mean, you if you better went be, there. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I'm ready. I'm, I'm
0: this close. <laughs> I doubt you know? it. I'm just playing. Okay. Let's pivot into relationship because there were a lot of questions on that. Yeah. Uh, firstly, they want us to share our love story to expand them. And then within that, did it feel weird? Well, let's start with this. Because the love story is very brief. We met at a barbecue, but we man, I manifested Max. Uh, and I went through all of the steps and I ended up <laughs> blindly meeting him at a friend's barbecue of a friend <laughs> I hadn't connect with and forever. It was very by chance. So let's, let's pivot into this. Did it feel weird when I told you that I manifested you and did you manifest me into your life as well?
1: Well, let's why don't you be a little bit honest? You dumped me three times.
0: Well, I did, but we're gonna not, get into it's that it's in a a minute. Minute. <laughs> You should be clear to people that it's not like I met Lacey and
1: she was like, I manifested you. I mean, I met her and she was like, Let me give you three reasons why I'm not good Oh, date this is you. actually
0: really yeah. true. At the barbecue, yeah. I did say, because I was doing everybody's charts and reading. I their started charts. talking
1: about charts. Maybe. That's how I remember it.
0: Well, and I pulled up Max's, and he has the same birthday as my stepfather, who was amazing, but drug my mom through a like atrocious, like terrible child custody care battle and i was like there is no fucking way we're hanging out (laughs) i'm so afraid of that birthday as a partner and so i had like done max's chart and i was like oh here from my phone you can email it to yourself so you have it and i did that with everybody and max texted it to himself but max is like I'm gonna say this about you: You're ultra Virgo in the set, like Virgo man, that you went home that night. You uh, you added me as a friend on Facebook, and you texted me two days later. Like you were. manifest. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, you just were like impulsive. I know what I wanted. Which is funny because I
1: I thought that I like I thought that I had showed a little bit of restraint. Not at all. But yeah, no, you were in my crosshairs for sure. Yeah, for sure. It, it was it, when I remember when you walked in the room. You you had my attention. And I wasn't sure. It wasn't sure. It's was like, what's up with this? What's up with her? Mm-hmm. Like, you were, you were beautiful. Uh, but you were also a little bit, like, like kind of threat. Like, either you were just going to be, uh, like, either we were not going to jive yeah, or, I mean, you know, I don't know. I didn't know at that point. But, yeah, when I so stealthily extracted your number, <laughs> you didn't know what was going to happen next.
0: Well I did and I knew I'd hear from you and then when you did ask me on a date I was—I even think I responded well based on your birthday yeah. and that you're a Virgo I just don't think this is going to work out Astrologically sure we'll
1: profiled Totally and, yeah, and yeah, totally astrologically profiled And just, and just profiled. shut down
0: like, <laughs>
1: like, why, We're not even going to bother
0: And I knew that you were three years younger and I was looking for something very serious and just based on societal programming I was like there's no way this younger guy is going to be interested in all of these bigger things at this age age. So I had, I already had a bias about you. Ageism. Ageism. So I profiled you astrologically and had ageism. But when you did come to get me for the date, you were such a boss. And that really blew me away to anybody else. I mean, I had been going on dates with like 45 year olds who like were Academy Award nominated editor, you know, like just crazy things. And they didn't present as confidently, interestingly, and really, really in there, how do I want to say it like they weren't as polite and I don't know you just really showed up like a boss and I was like well this person's interesting you really caught my attention then
1: then why'd you dump me a week later
0: so based on tests yeah. you at one point we and I'll be really honest we had just hooked up we'd been to you know dating and we nothing crazy but we had hooked up and then you didn't reach out the next day. And I was like, oh, he's really not serious. Fuck him, he's gone.
1: Boy, if you only knew what happened to me that night.
0: I know, and then I got the story and yeah. I was like, okay... I'll give you another shot um, Oh no I'm sorry the first time was on your birthday.
1: Yeah you dumped me on my birthday two
0: weeks later after I met correct, you correct. because you sent a text that felt like kind of presumptuous like flirty I sexual. had a really great
1: time last night. no it wasn't about that you. it
0: wasn't that it was I something must have something it else for my record and I was like I don't think this is gonna work goodbye and then our friend like yeah no by the way <laughs> just like that <laughs> on your birthday. <laughs>
1: Gone, Gone. yeah, done. The
0: second time was, you know, weeks later. Was this? Well, why don't you
1: be a little bit honest? Who who came crawling back?
0: I did. I reached out. I got the ping where I was like, maybe I should hang out with this person longer. She
1: was fact checking (laughs) me with other people. I was.
0: I was. Yeah, getting your references. She came back,
1: and that (laughs) that was great because I was like, oh. Yeah, right. Yeah, you were I was afraid. Like, oh, uh, well, I got to go to New York for a week. Why don't we reassess this after New York? Yeah, and yeah. Phew.
0: Yeah, you did put the brakes on because you were I really afraid. Yeah.
1: No, I, wa- I was because it was hot and heavy. I, it wasn't safe. It wasn't safe. Because you pushed me away. True.
0: So the second time I've already spoken about, and what was the third? I don't remember the third.
1: It happened.
0: Well, probably. Something I think it like happened this. in New York. Really? Yeah. I can't remember.
1: It happened. We'll get back to you. on that
0: Yes. One, so for now sure. three moving, times, jump. and then we were pretty like there was a point you told me you loved me after a couple of months, and I was like, okay, I know that this is safe, and you knew it was safe. I
1: remember that movie really vividly. We, yeah, yeah, kind of. Well, we went to go safe. see. Well, no, yeah. I
0: mean, whatsoever. Really safe. There's no such anew. thing, and it yeah. sucks. Yeah, it sucks until you get to really know the intimacy in depth. But back to the manifestation question, did it feel weird when I told you I manifested you and sh- I showed you the list, I took a photo and sent you the list. Mm-hmm. And did you manifest me as well? That's the question.
1: Well, I can't relate to the clear vision. I didn't have a bullet point list of who this person was. I mean, I was more just kind of like, you know, the universe can do like dealer's choice, you know, but I... Um, I think that emotionally I was at a point in my life where I was ready for love. Mm-hmm. I really was. Um, I, you know, I'd been, I, I don't know, three and a half years sober. You know, I'd really learned how to start to love myself, which was, you know, a really challenging process. But I think – and there was so much energy. There was so much going on, a, a new business – new businesses. I mean, there was, there was so much energy and it's really inspired. And yeah, I think the combination of those two things of, you know, having done a lot of spiritual work and being okay with myself, I think I was finally in a position to really receive love, even though, uh, you know, I love is a big word. I, I still don't understand what it really means, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think it has to start with me. I got to love myself before, you know, I can love others. Uh, And so I think that, you know, my concept of love is, is kind of ever growing, but, you know, before there would be like very transactional things about like, you do this for me. So that's why I love you or X, Y, and Z. And it's like, I don't know. I like, I had done so much work and I was open and just saying like, Maybe that openness was saying, I don't really know what love is, but, you know, being willing to try and let it into my life, because that's not normal for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot easier for me to isolate and control and build up a barrier to, you know, hide from other people rather than let them in and be vulnerable. That's my natural state.
0: But talk about Oroville, because you were intentional.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just gushing because I had just come back from an amazing trip through southern India and I had gone into this crazy meditation chamber and I remember quite vividly going like, okay, like I'm just, I'm turning it over to the universe, mm-hmm. you know, not, at, you know, as specifically, but just saying like, I, you know, I'm ready to have love in my life.
0: Mm-hmm. And that was just weeks before we met. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say that we manifested each other um how and,
1: do you- but you need to tell people to look up machi mondi or because that is like the coolest yeah
0: thing. explain it's, it for people who are yeah, curious it's a,
1: it's a giant geodesic gold leaf dome <laughs> with a large crystal ball that's like the size of a mini cooper <laughs> that direct sunlight is reflected into and lights up a, a meditation chamber
0: yeah
1: i mean it was like i've i've had my fair share of psychedelic experiences but stone cold sober it was an out-of-body experience for sure
0: yeah i want to go i I know i chickened out of our trip this year because i didn't feel like my body was strong enough for india it
1: will be one day
0: yeah poor max that was a hard thing because we were going to go for your birthday and you love it how do we feel about love languages (laughs) so max and i are so complicated because our love languages are completely different you just say that it's the truth max is definitely um his is like what is it a Look, I can't even think of it. That's the worst part.
1: You were gesturing it.
0: Yeah, physical affection.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm just like Barley. He
0: loves to just be like scratched or like rubbed or anything. And if we were
1: honest, you speak Barley's love language I pretty do. well.
0: I do because she doesn't speak and that's terrible that I'm... It's all my childhood and stuff, the way I was raised. that It wasn't very affectionate. Super Irish and stuff. And then mine are gifts, which you're great at. You're good at my love languages. Gifts and words of affirmation. But I'm so Aquarian and just, like, did not come from strong affection that I really resist all... Poor Max will ask me, like, can I just have scratches when we're watching movies? And I'll be like... Arr. I'm so bad at it and so selfish.
1: But when you do, they're great.
0: Thank you. I'm trying harder. Yeah. And then your other ones are to help you. What's that? What, what is it called to help you when, you know, it's like... Well,
1: I mean, I, I do believe that, you know, f- like, the physical... Connection and, that, and that's not like specifically sex. No, like it's,
0: you're way more driven by work than sex. That's a good thing, I think. Too. I mean, you're both, you're balanced, but it's like our relationship is not for the person who's listening that's like all men are about sex and this and that. Yeah,
1: I mean, we're not having sex like
0: four times a day. It's not, not like at a softcore
1: porno movie <laughs> at our house.
0: <laughs> it's not the basis of our relationship. It's a glue, it's a connector, it's an aspect, but we are, I think, what makes us so compatible and work so well is we are both so motivated and driven by work and that we support each other through that in a lot of ways
1: and it has its and it has its you know the pendulum swings Absolutely. both ways there is that there is that aspect of us where it's like it's really hard to have a relaxing day
0: yeah very it really hard is.
1: It, uh, I, like we both share that in common when we're like the idea of being in bed past Eleven thirty. We just cannot. Yeah, it's I mean, so it would, depressing. Like, give me a, a you know a panic attack. And yeah. So sometimes it can be really hard for us to just sit with ourselves.
0: And on travels, it's very hard with that as well.
1: But you're so you're asking about like the specific like love language, or just what are
0: our thoughts on it? We believe in it. Yeah. We're aware of well, it. I mean, we're trying. Yeah. We're trying to like speak yeah. each other's better. Mm-hmm. But we don't live by it or anything. We're just it's another system that Yet. we're both very aware of. Yes. <laughs>
1: I mean, you have accountability now.
0: I do. Oh man! Others
1: have. I I believe there's some other people in your network that have been vocal supporters of, of me getting more back scratches. And to any of you that have suggested that, I I thank you from the bottom of my heart.
0: <laughs> what is your advice for making a relationship flourish? This is loaded. I mean, it's just a big, topic. it's a big question. What is my advice to making a relationship work? Because Max is far better at keeping us together than I am. Because I have, oh yeah, I have so much trauma.
1: Yeah, you you threaten to leave a lot. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Remember the Dolly Parton concert?
0: That was a. That's when I broke up with you the last time.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was one. Those were great tickets too.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: The and you really like, wanted to go. I did. Oh, it's
0: because I was late. Yeah, it was late. My, so this was. Late,
1: if I. I yeah. By about like 25 <laughs> minutes.
0: No, I have a huge trigger from childhood of people, me having to always be responsible because nobody following through with their word. And so Max had a huge issue. To him, it was no big deal being a few minutes late for things. And it triggered that for me. This was before we started a This was very early on. And so you did it so many times that to me, it equated that you didn't respect me. I'm a doormat. And so that's when I was like, no way, you're out. I'm gone. I'm definitely not going to the Dolly Parton content. Go sell them on Craigslist. We went, though. We did go. And it was great. Yeah, but that's, so that's another tool that we love. We really have that in our tool belt. We don't use it every day or anything, but we do certainly use it for communication. Is the Amago, which I share. It's a lot. hard. It's very hard. It's
1: really hard to do that when you're emotionally charged. It's, Absolutely. I find okay. it like really difficult. It's really hard to put things through that kind of filter. I believe you asked me a pretty direct question, and I've been thinking about it simultaneously while you were, while we were recalling that story, and. I honestly think that, you know, in terms of the relationship, it has to start with you. It has to. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I mean, I have to go to great lengths spiritually to remain, you know, like I was talking about earlier, like open and willing. And, you know, I have to be in that state to be able to show up, to be able to be accepting, to be able to, you know, come from a place of love and unfortunately i can't give that to you and you can't really give that to me totally you know maybe that's a some secret sauce and what we have going on is that we both you know
0: are 100% autonomous like uh, autonomously complete within ourselves yeah before we and, go,
1: and you know and going to great lengths mm-hmm. to be so cuz i i just don't i don't i don't think that i can control other people mm mm-hmm. mhm same. Oh no, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. On my best day, yeah. I don't think I can control. Other or we people.
0: have a knowing that we can't, but we work hard in order to practice that, a life where we don't try because we know it's not effective.
1: And it's my first instinct to control you. Hmm.
0: Vice versa. Yeah.
1: It's my first instinct to go like, no, no, no. This is how it should be. Or you know, X, Y, like it, that's my first instinct. Mm-hmm. It's my. It's the. It's the. You know. Uh, the. The nature uh of me kind of being a selfish you know scared human being um so i honestly i think that there's a there's you know the the independence and the strength in myself you know because there's been there's been some times where it's like it it could be my shit or it could be your shit Mm -hmm. you know and when i try and throw my shit on you it It's it's not productive. I I have to I have to disengage. Mm -hmm. I have to go and go about you know. my spiritual practice whether that's like going to a meeting or you know running seven miles you know like whatever it may be you know it's like i have to work on myself before i can show up to the our relationship on my best foot Mm -hmm. because left to my own devices i'll control manipulate uh you know become resentful become judgmental i mean
0: Same. And I think I'm far more susceptible to it than you. I think I act out more because of my health issues because I don't have as much energy or what We know on days that I'm not balanced. Mm -hmm. That's when you're getting most of those attributes out of me, even though I work very hard at being completely autonomous, as do you. You know, the good news and the bad news
1: is that it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. I mean, fuck. Totally. it can it can feel overwhelming sometimes that you know as a human being you know like these are the things that i need to do to you know get out of bed each day mm-hmm. and 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 my, you know like i said put my best foot forward it can feel like a lot and sometimes it doesn't have the i mean I, sometimes it doesn't have instant results mm-hmm. which can be really frustrating too like what the
0: fuck I think it's really important for the person listening though to know that uh, n- both of us aren't like working on ourselves all day so that you don't feel overwhelmed. It's not that at all we've found what well, works but so no far. but no
1: but but we are we are, but that could be two minutes
0: totally it's like morning practices we have yeah and and and, and,
1: and then like I was talking about earlier too, it's just practice yeah doesn't matter if it's if it's an hour going on I mean, a walk if, yeah, you, like. if you're if you have the ability to do it for an hour awesome if you have the ability to do it for 30 seconds fantastic you know I me mean? I I just think that and the reason why I say this is to remind myself that it's just practice mm-hmm. that's all I mean that's that I think that's all it is
0: I agree So I'm quickly interrupting this episode to invite you, if you're ready to start your manifestation journey, or if anything you've heard in our manifestation episodes has piqued your interest to begin. We have a la carte workshops in everything from the basics bundle, which is what we recommend to everyone who starts. It's the formula that actually teaches you how to manifest, unblocked inner child, and unblock shadow. We also have a la carte workshops on love and money. But the real gem is the pathway membership because it encompasses every single workshop we have. It's a year long membership with full access to the few a la carte offerings we have and Exclusive workshops not available anywhere else, such as the daily practice, which is what everybody in the pathway uses, hopefully at least three times a week to daily in order to truly create the new neural pathways that one needs in order to manifest and houses the library of our deep imaginings, which is our unique hypnosis process that allows you to get into your subconscious and overwrite those old neural pathways, creating the new ones. You can use our special code, EXPANDED, all caps, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D, to receive $20 off your first a la carte workshop purchase or $20 off your first month of the pathway. Again, that's all caps, EXPANDED, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D. Okay, now back to the episode. What's been our biggest relationship trigger so far? What has been yours actually is the question
1: The biggest relationship trigger mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think they're all there. They just kind of come up at different points in times. you know uh, I can have abandonment issues, um, control issues. I don't know how I can answer that question in a meaningful way because they're all triggers
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: They, it all comes up. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's an area where it's like, "Nah, we're good." Yeah, we
0: got that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, even with work, when I'm like not feeling my best, I'll be like, "You're working too much." Da 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 da. I project onto him, and he'll do the same onto me. And so I even- only do
1: that. I only do that to rub your face in it because yeah. I was the one who got <laughs> dumped after a Dolly Parton meeting because yeah. I was 30 minutes late for the office. So when you are working hard, which is inspiring for me. I still have the resentment and the judgment for you that, I mean, you almost blew up our relationship. Yeah, at some point I'm like,
0: you need to go to Workaholics Anonymous. And and I'm the one who (laughs) works so hard
1: too. But let's be honest, I'm also a workaholic.
0: You are, yeah. And I am as well, yeah, in a lot of ways. So, well, this one's kind of I don't know, maybe this is helpful for someone out there. I'm like, yeah. I feel humble saying it, but how is it being in a relationship with an emotionally and financially badass woman? <laughs>
1: you feel cool saying that? I don't. I actually feel you really should. embarrassed. You yeah. How is it?
0: Yeah, what is it like for you?
1: What is it like? It's inspiring. It's challenging. Um, it's not just one thing. Sometimes it's really cool and sometimes it, uh, like i get like you know like a second hand you know sense of like confidence and cool that you know man i'll be honest you know like i in the past like when we were first together i when i was talking to people like yeah she's amazing and they're like what does she do she's a, <laughs> she's, a she's a blogger <laughs> you know and it'd be like yeah dude she is yeah and i've always supported it I, I know. I, I would well, think. Well, it's sometimes- also
0: good to clarify. Max met me before I launched manifestation. You were a big supporter and proponent of me launching this gift that I had. So that's why you would classify me at the time as a blogger.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Sorry. I, um, and which I know would be say it would be like hard for me. It's like if I'm dating an actor, it's a hard thing to say if they're not. You know what I mean? It's like everyone's a blogger. I get what you're saying for sure. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's still hard to explain what you do to Mm -hmm. people uh, or for people. Sometimes I don't even like to try. (laughs) You know what I mean? I I don't. Like, I I don't want to put anything into a box. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that on my best day, I feel inspired and supportive. And on my worst days, I can maybe feel jealous or maybe I can feel like I can't, you know what I mean? Because you are this powerful person i can't control you Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, which can be threatening
0: Mm -hmm. totally that's an honest answer i like that this i think we should be really honest about is really good when did the ping come to propose i don't know well i think we should be honest i told i gave max an ultimatum not that he was having trouble with it yeah but
1: i also made sure to go all the way through that
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right that wasn't just once i was there though
0: no, no. So I mean, like, we kind of mean, set all
1: that stuff out, like out, like on the yeah. couch at my house, like a month dating. I don't mean like, like, you it, were wasn't like sh- yeah, your it wasn't like a shh. Yeah, it wasn't. I did drag a little bit though, and it was. I was nervous, and I and I was. Once it became this thing mm-hmm. like I I might have fucking proposed to you on the couch when mm-hmm. we were having that conversation. I mean that's where I was at. <laughs> Which at was like time. 6
0: weeks in. Yeah. I just said I, yeah. I, I mean, want a family I got, and yeah, I, I was like married. okay cool let's
1: do, <laughs> let's do it now. Um, I might I mean I might have done it right then and there but when it became this this thing it, it got kind of inflated and it it made me nervous and I didn't have control over it and you know do it uh, and then it just kind of happened. And I did it. I got kind of sloppy at the end, which is cool <laughs> and, like, perfect in its own way. I was, like, yeah. in a parking lot. and, and Big I was like, I'm not going to do this to you in public. I would have and died it, if you – oh, my God. I would have Going back, yeah. Ride. If, you know, if I really had the stones, I would have, like, been wearing a headset like this oh, and yeah. sang a song to you. Oh, my
0: God. I would have I would fucking – like, that's it. I would have been dead. Yeah, dead. Uh, I would have died out of yeah. embarrassment. <laughs> no, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And after you did um, – Like you were all 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 on board with it. Yeah. Totally. How do you balance your creative work and being in a committed relationship?
1: I don't know. It's hard. Mm -hmm. I don't I, I I can't answer that question succinctly. Like I have a recommendation for it. I mean, I'm still trying to figure it
0: out. Yeah. It's really challenging. I think so too. Very challenging. Um it's a day, it's like one day at a time, truly.
1: Yeah. Oh, some and because like so,
0: I'm too fried. Sometimes when you come home to be kind, you know, you, yeah. you're same. You're running three businesses right now. There's like moments where we're both we're fo- just finding our footing every day. Yeah, truthfully, I think a family is going to be what will slow us down to prioritize. Yeah, stuff. and
1: you know what? And now that I think about it, you know, like in this conversation. It's kind of one of those things too. It's like it's like you know when people talk about meditation or when they talk about these other things people get this really complicated idea like it's supposed to be this like prolific thing and that hasn't been my experience. Same. Like the when I when using the word like creative like it comes in like little stints and it's like there sometimes and sometimes it's not. And I can't just like call on it. Like I'm going to be creative. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, there's this, there's this, I get these little, they're pinks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And, and and yeah. And yeah. And they're like, you know, it's not like dial up internet download, you know, like with the long <laughs> bar. I mean, they're like, you know, Lightning. they're quick. Yeah. yeah. And then most of the time it's just kind of excavating them out from mm-hmm. the other thoughts that you know pile on top of it
0: wait with that i think it's actually really good can you talk about your manifester when you get the ping or to use their terminology the impulse because you're really good at carrying through can you tell us your process and that like what the thoughts are that there come is up? there is well th- think about the manifester who feels inhibited in that way what would you say
1: you won't be for long
0: No, that's not fair because many women manifestors I know especially have a trouble with this.
1: There's tons of things that are inhibited. There's a million things that I want to do. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: There's just the three or four things that I pursue because the door's open. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I were to be honest, like my appetite, I'm totally, you know, insatiable in Mm -hmm. that sense. I mean, I'm doing, uh, you know. So I, I mean, I, I don't want to say that in a way. I, I mean, I say that to reinforce people that, you know, to pursue the things that are directly in front of them, and 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 I, you know, God willing, more will come. Mm-hmm. So no, and the process for me, I mean, you, you just have to show up. Mm-hmm. I show up. I, I think that's the one thing. You know, you you hear about it and you read about it, you know, like, like your newsfeed sends you all these things and it's like the, the 10 successful character attributes of, you know, whatever type of people. And I think that the one that I relate to that I'm grateful for is that I'm just persistent.
0: hmm
1: You know, I'm just persistent, you know, th- through thick and thin. Someone's got to tell me to go home.
0: Yeah, you are.
1: I'm just going to show up. Mm-hmm you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to do my best, you know, and half the time I don't even know what I'm doing, but because I show up and because I try and remain teachable,
0: you know, um, things are happening. Mm -hmm. This is a good pivot. What was your background prior to starting older brother or wait, before that, I even want to plant the seed. How long have you known that you've wanted to work in fashion and have a store?
1: Oh, you know, the answer to that.
0: You need to tell it to people.
1: I knew it from the gate. Mm-hmm. I think that you know skateboarding, that kind of exposed me to culture through clothing, mm-hmm. and that was enough.
0: Well, I think it <laughs> no, goes, no, it,
1: it goes yeah, it yeah goes way even earlier. further further than that. Can you
0: talk about your first Nike installation in kindergarten?
1: Well, I mean, I, I it wasn't trademarked; I could get sued.
0: I mean, it's tricky, but I think it's worth unveiling you, my people.
1: project in kindergarten, yeah. where I made where we you know basically made Nike. Knockoff, they were sandals too,
0: <laughs> like Jesus sandals.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? You th- products were really hard to make, so it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible, but
0: <laughs> like out of felt, what were they? Yes, wow. yes,
1: because <laughs> that's that was the only thing readily available within the little kindergarten, but the installation. And the retail was—I'm still proud of it. I think it's
0: like—I'm still trying to one up that.
1: So I forget what those wood logs are called. They're not the Lincoln logs, not the small ones. Yeah, but but they were. Yeah, they're like these ones, right? So I had kind of made this structure um, and made cubbies inside that structure and put flashlights in there so that the shoes were like in like these glowing boxes so you'd go into the little structure and it was like this you know man i haven't thought about this a long time but
0: (laughs) but you like put flashlights to yeah no it was all it was
1: all lit up and (laughs) i mean i i think about it where it was like damn that was
0: So solid, yeah. And even like his mom talks about the cutest things growing up. Anybody who's familiar, Whitney Goodman had a store in Portland that a lot of people loved, and she was a great family friend. Even she would gift him like nice corduroys when they were little, because that's how everybody knew Max was really into fashion. Yeah, it's been with you since literally birth.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I, I guess I don't think about it so much just because it's it's just kind of part of. Something that I've always found interesting. So mm-hmm. it's not like I've been like, huh? What's the cause of that? I've just existed like that for a long time. So it's just kind of what
0: I know. And then, what was your background prior to older brother? What did you do? Mm, well, or how did it all start is actually a really good way. And it all
1: started. Um,
0: or you your know, career, I mean. Uh,
1: I mean, if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I went to the Art Institute for San Francisco for a summer, and I I mean school at that point was just like brutal. It I just it did, it wasn't the way that I learned things. So I showed up for that. Um, I ended up you know transferring down to L.A. and that was brutal. I it wasn't a positive experience for me. And I remember I was on La Brea, and. I met this dude that was sewing jeans um in a store. He was sewing like custom jeans in a store. And I just got entrenched with that. I was like, What well, can I intern for you? Mm-hmm. Can I you know and I got involved um and that, you know, quickly grew. Um
0: and you were a custom denim repairer? yeah time.
1: oh no we were making jeans yeah. too by hand in a store it was interesting
0: and i think super important to expand people that you dropped out of school after a year you were like fuck it i'm yeah, gonna go to the that. real world and yeah actually less get education that.
1: yeah well and you know keep in mind too i'm i'm a full-on drug addict at yeah. this
0: point so so school wasn't like amazing yeah
1: and you know i'm you know i'm i'm interested and driven but i'm also you know incapacitated mm-hmm. you know by any sense of the word so yeah i mean that was my introduction um into the industry and from there we had launched a brand um and i'd been doing i don't know so much and i got i i, I mean at this rate i'm just entrenched in it mm-hmm. you know that's that's like what i did and i learned it as a trade i learned it at, you know as a way to take an idea from an idea to product and then from a product to made goods and that kind of became a skill set and I had a, you know, a resource of um, places and abilities to do that. Um, so I had unsuccessfully tried to start my own line uh, and doing like a, you know, kind of a documentary short simultaneously with it. But keep in mind, I'm, I had left that company, I'm 20 years old and completely strung out. Mm-hmm. Trying to start a company, mm-hmm. you know, and, and doing
0: that was uh, called FMK.
1: No, I don't even want to say the name okay, of it. okay. But um, you,
0: your mom's very proud because Rihanna bought a pair of yours. No,
1: that was later. Oh, okay, that was okay. sober. Oh, okay. sober things started to open oh, up. Oh, I
0: see, I see. Okay, sorry.
1: No, 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 no. This is just you know, just like sheer willpower trying to do it. Um, but yeah, so I forgot where I was. Yeah, so I'm 20. You know, I'm doing deals, like helping. You know, trying to uh, help people start other product lines. I'm, I'm just immersed in it.
0: Can I interrupt you on yeah, that? Because sure. I think it's really important for people who are curious about fashion, because a lot con- needs to go into it. And I think talking about how you had to make your bread and butter in order to put these lines out there through private labeling—that's what I think you're talking about, helping other people.
1: Yes. So that would be. Like, how do I describe I've been doing, you know, kind of design and production work for hire since I was 20 years old. Mm -hmm. And, you know, helping people, you know, go from point A to point B with an idea or a product. And I've had the fortune of doing that for other great clothing brands to, you know... Celebrity. uh, Yeah, celebrity merchandise, you know, whatever. Um, And yes, I do believe thoroughly that... You know, in pursuit of these things, you know, like specifically with older brother, it's going to take a while. And money. And it's going to take money. And you need to survive and you need to thrive as you go about these things. You know, I have not stopped doing that as a means to live comfortably and to, you know, also just kind of stay in perpetual motion. I don't I, like yeah. things to be stagnant. I and like I think- to kind of, you know, continually be um, in that process. And it comes up in a lot of, lot of different ways and shapes and forms some cool some not Mm -hmm. some you know
0: i think it's so important too for the person the people listening who are familiar with my manifestation process this is what's called the bridge job Uh it's the stuff on the side you know it's not only is it a bridge job the things like you've been private labeling you know forever and now you're starting to take on other businesses that help on the side while you're continuing i mean the Uh brand's doing great but so that you can also thrive as an owner. And I think what's really cool about the bridge career you've had and job is that it's also given you incredible contacts. You've learned immense amount of skills that have now funneled into your company of where you don't have to make as many mistakes or you have contacts. And it really, it's like kind of super speed of business world for you. It seems like from my perspective on the outside.
1: Well, the reality is is that it 's been painful, sloppy, and hard along the way yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think that you know I also too just i have a lot of energy, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, and you know having exercising patient you know with what i 'm pursuing now can be difficult,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but I also think it's it's very critical to my idea or or what somebody kind of explained to me is like you just gotta stay in the ring.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: you really do things can take time um and you need to be in a position to continue to show up
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and there's been challenging times where I've seriously considered you know just mm-hmm. but the more I was able to show up, the bigger. And the deeper things continue to go.
0: And when you say show up, you're meaning like spiritually, clarity, uh, financially. Well, I mean, like I get, you energy. can you can
1: rearrange those. Number yeah. one being financially. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, totally. Right. Um, Can you talk about that a little bit for the person who does want to start a brand of what that actually looks like, pending on the different levels? Because I know a lot of people are always inspired. Like, I want to start a clothing line. Can you just talk about what that logistically, financially looks like? Because you've helped a other lot. brands. Yeah, you've it's, done a it lot. Yourself. it's a lot.
1: It's a lot. You have to start. You have to start in a manageable way. And I would say it's more of a building process through and through. You have to start somewhere. You have to kind of shape around that. You have to f- kind of figure out because what you think you can do at first and what you think it's ultimately going to be is going to constantly change. So, I, you know, I'm a proponent of people kind of, you know, having a starting point and kind of building from there. Uh And in terms of, of financials, I mean, oh, I mean, you could. You could spend millions of dollars on a startup, mm-hmm. or you could spend five thousand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's a vast range it's depending on like what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish. I'm a proponent of of starting. And then starting the building process, starting small and starting correct, correct. And, and, you know, and especially like if you're not coming from apparel, you got a lot to learn.
0: Yeah, a lot. People you don't have, a, realize you, have that. A,
1: you have a lot to learn. I think that's why I, you know I enjoy it so much. You know, as not only from a, like a creative standpoint, but a business standpoint is, is that it's the perfect intersection of of like uh, you know artistic expression and and commerce and business. Mm-hmm. Because you you have to deal with so much. You're you're creating product. You're the strategy through through mm-hmm. from the strategy about you know how you're going to create product meaningful product and the strategy of how you're going to grow in a meaningful way is uh, it can be all consuming and, and really fun. I don't know if I answered your question.
0: Yeah. I think that's helpful for people to just preemptively know, I think is really good for people. And are you guys open for people reaching out if they're looking for expanders for interns? Like, are you open to that? And I know you have a store that you guys, you'll be looking for employees on and off throughout the time. Are you open to people reaching out who are like, I want to expanders? Yeah, of course. I
1: I mean, I think that's one of the, the, one of the things uh, that's really fun about the industry in general is, is it's, you know uh, the idea of being inclusive and, and working with other people and you know kind of having a company creates that opportunity which is really satisfying for me at least
0: i guess this is sort of a, what we just covered but what's your advice for someone interested in starting their own company in general
1: uh i I think I, ans- I think I answered that i think that um i think that you you have to start somewhere yeah and you also have to make a lot of mistakes yeah. and, you, and you have to show up. And, and your conception and the way that you think about it now is going to change. And so you, you need to be there. You need to make it – you need to you know, have some form of you know, manageability. And yeah, it, it can be difficult for me to answer that because the way that I go about it, it is much more impulsive, right? Like let's mm-hmm. do that. You know, let's figure it. Just show up. You know, I'll take risk. Um, So, but no, you know, if I were to answer that question directly, I would say that you like, you need to pick a starting point. And, you know, depending on like what your resources are and what you're in a position to do, if you've, you know, if you're gainfully employed and still have time to, you know, pursue this or whether you have a little bit of time and it's just something that's gnawing away at you, start. Mm -hmm. That's all I have to say. Mm -hmm. Start and start somewhere Mm -hmm. and don't start in a way that... You're know, afraid of making
0: mistakes. Well, like that, threatens,
1: that threatens your security.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's right? huge I, with I, this. Yeah. yeah, You have to have a fuck you fund, have a bridge job. Yeah, like for that.
1: sure. Yeah, and, and, and you go about it. And mm-hmm. as the more it becomes a reality, the, the you go at it even harder.
0: I agree. How have you kept your values? I mean, you're covering this a little bit the same as when you started Older Brother, or how have they manifested into different things?
1: They were there, and they're always there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the foundation of the company. That's the that's the fun part of the company.
0: Can it's you talk really about them a little bit?
1: The values, mm-hmm. we started out with a goal. The idea was is that we were going to create a product that could be buried in its backyard. Mm-hmm. And I think that it built from there to where the challenge shaped the process, right? When we're doing this and when we're working on something, you know, our starting point is really difficult because it's like, you know, can we get this material? Can we achieve this color? Can we do this? Can we do that? Mm -hmm. They're not – it's not like we're just ordering these things off a line sheet, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, and just picking a pretty color. The whole process, you know, is so – immersive and so engaging and it starts from that fundamental idea of can we do this or not mm-hmm. you know once you know kind of the ideas are percolating and it's always this opportunity to say like can we do this and can we do it the way that we want to do it mm-hmm. I feel like it can be like asking a chef it's like why do you use you know organic food mm-hmm. for somebody who's like a you know slow someone who's immersed in the slow food culture it's like because it's the best mm-hmm. because it's cool mm-hmm. because it because it's it, because it's, it's challenging yeah. exactly mm-hmm. exactly
0: that's how i see older brother truthfully they're like peak collectors item pieces they're like art that you'll have forever because there's so there's such a few quantity and so for much for now well yeah for, that's why they're still so such collectors items mm-hmm. that they and seasonally they're so specific they've been made with A very specific type of ingredient. I mean, they truly are a collector's item. They're a piece. Mm. I have seasonal pieces that Mm. are collector's items. Mm. How do you deal with financial hurdles in business? Because you guys just did a a round of seeking investors.
1: Oh, I mean, there's. (laughs) How do we do it? Any which way we can. They are constantly. I mean, we're going through them right now, it's constantly a challenge. You know, you use that word bridge, it's constantly trying to create um, the opportunities to continue to grow and, you know, volume of scale and the economics of that are brutal. Mm-hmm. It's a puzzle every single day. If I had an easy answer for that, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. So I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's something that's really challenging and I think that it requires um, patience and strategy
0: but you guys have been securing it so it's oh, been successful yeah. oh, uh, what actually, would be your three tips to somebody trying to secure some sort of Oh,
1: it's probably going to take a long time. Okay. It's the most important thing you could be doing mm-hmm. specifically for apparel and you got to Kiss a few frogs before one turns
0: into a prince. Like you will get rejected a couple of times. Yeah. And yeah I love totally. that. People need to know that. That's really special. And sometimes you're going to just have to ask your family and shit. Yeah, like yeah. you're going to have to scrounge your By, up the people uh, by you any know.
1: means necessary. Find money.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you deal? I don't know if you came up against this, but I'm sure you've had doors shut on you when you have been All the time. Yeah. All the time. How do you it's guys? Fashion.
1: The pe- people yeah. are very, you know, doors close all the time.
0: How do you guys deal with people who didn't believe in the brand when you first started the business?
1: We kept
0: your head up and kept going, right? Yeah,
1: no, I mean you just don't invest much time with those people. There's people that are going to be supportive and there's people that aren't, and you can usually tell. And sometimes there's been circumstances where people are like, ah, "I don't really get it," and then they get it, and that's cool. Welcome aboard. You know, you 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 do your best and you just you just keep going. You go where the love is
0: what i want you to talk about for a minute because i think it's really cool for people to know the vintage inspired aspects of each of the different seasons because like some carryovers like the chore coat, is a staple that's always there mm. um i want you to just talk because i love that aspect of it that there's like these truly quality re-inspired vintage cuts
1: so yeah i mean I, I would say that part of our collection is built on you know referencing that and it's cool when you find something you know that's just like this that has this special like antiquity that vintage can have and you take it and you figure out a way to extract that and and put it through the filter of ob you know what i mean to put it like we do a lot of stuff where we take a lot of sharp angles out of clothing so that it's more inviting you know about how the silhouette falls kind of pushing the balance of it you know it's it's those kind of things that it's cool to have something where it's like Vintage sometimes can be so meaningful because mm-hmm. they're like these these things that have existed through long periods of time and you find them and you have this relationship with them and you're like, oh, and their know, quality v- Yeah. well, I mean, they're just they're just striking. Mm-hmm. And so to take those things and to, you know, basically they're inspiring. Mm-hmm. So to have that inspiration and have it transition into something that's like new and meaningful and and it kind of has like the flavor. It Can be really fun. That's a that's a very fun part of the process. Definitely.
0: What would you say about the brand that makes it different for the person who's just stumbling onto Older Brother for the first time? Because there's nothing like it out there. Yeah, and I don't. I, I don't
1: want to say those things in a way that like you know comes off as like egotistical. But yeah, I mean, we're really trying to push the envelope. Mm-hmm. We're tr- we're really trying to give this exploration of design and process and storytelling. We're trying to get people to engage on a different level and on a way that's experiential. Like, you know, I've said this a few times in the interview now, but the idea of slow food is amazing Mm -hmm. because when you go there, it's all about this experience and where things come from and the context of them. And so, you know, that that's something that, you know, through and through with our product, it's there. Mm -hmm. Everything has a very specific intent behind it. And it comes together in this way that I think we're both really proud of. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when we choose, you know, a process for the season and the story, it, it just it builds in this organic way. And it puts a lot of intention behind the product that's sitting on the shelf. And I think that it's been a really positive experience to hear people come in and physically see product, especially now that we have a store in Venice, and be like, wow, this is so cool Mm -hmm. in person. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to see it online. It's another thing to touch and see the nuance of the product. And try it on. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just it's really exciting. And it's also very exciting to have – you know, to be at this point where we'll be able to build a physical experience for the brand, I mean, we're all in. Mm-hmm. We've got all the senses now. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's very fun. Uh, it's really inspiring. And it's like, it's just at the stage where it's its so cool. I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of like where we are and, and what we can do from
0: now on. What's your favorite piece for the season for a man and a woman? A man and a woman. Yeah, like what's the favorite? The blazer
1: I gave you that you didn't wear. I on know the I podcast. can't believe
0: I didn't wear it today. I'm so sad. We're staying at a hotel right now. I've, so.
1: ha- I've been having like a low key like fetish with blazers for the last two years, and we do we have one that's actually made from rice paper. It's called washi and wool. So the they blend their rice paper and wool together, and it's we bring amazing. yeah, and we and we'll bring that over from Japan and when we do our semi-tailored stuff, like the suiting and the trousers like that, we'll actually take those big blocks of wool and we'll panel dye them. So we roll them out into panels and cut the panels and dye the panels you know, separately from the garment and then cut from that. So, I mean, it's just a really intense process and it makes such like a, I don't know, I just think it's, it's a really beautiful piece. And yeah, I think that from the standpoint of... It checks the box of being like you know truly uh, sexless as a garment. Mm-hmm. Like it, look, I think that oh, it looks I've been,
0: amazing with even the collar yeah. I mean, and and, and you and
1: you kind of like I like to wear mine like wrinkled up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And kind of like you know a little bit shrunk, shrunken and stuff. And you're like wearing it with like the collar. It doesn't even look like a blazer. Mm-hmm. It looks like a like a like a utility
0: utilitarian
1: yeah. military jacket so it's cool it's i can't fun. wait to
0: wear it in scotland because it's the perfect scottish green
1: yeah it is that it nice. is there was a lot of inspiration during that 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 last trip it yeah the, up in the highlands up in the highlands
0: where can we find the store
1: five six six Rose Avenue, Venice Beach. Come where would like out. all the
0: hippies know? It's in relation. It's right by Moon Juice. It's across it. At-
1: right by Moon Juice. It's pretty close to Rama, too, right? Yeah.
0: Well, it's across from Moon Juice yeah. over to the left. It's yeah. close to Parachute Home. Yeah. It's come on right down. on Rose. Um, and where can we find you online and on Instagram?
1: Olderbrother.us and older brother, uh, Us
0: At OlderbrotherUS on yeah. Instagram. Thank you for coming today and being vulnerable and being seen because it's hard. We're grateful. Thanks for having me. I love you. You (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning into the episode. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, we did. And in case you're not totally ready to join the pathway yet, I wanted to share a few of our free offerings that I'll often suggest to people as a little bit of a blueprint to get them started on their manifestation journey. The first place I like to direct people completely for free is the motivation. You can see it linked below or on our homepage as our testimony library. And it's categorized by different subjects, whether you're calling in career, money, love, wellness, and much more. When you're reading about a member's experience of what they manifested, you're actually seeing to believe and showing your subconscious that that very thing is possible for you. The second place I like to direct people is to the free clarity exercise, which is also linked below. In it, you get to try our own unique hypnosis process, learn about the science and some journaling prompts. And the best part about this, you'll get a tiny taste of what it's like to go into your hypnotic state, bring your subconscious forward, and create new neural pathways while receiving clarity. And the third thing, if you haven't listened to it on this podcast yet, please go back to the episode titled Manifestation 101, where you'll learn the basics of neural manifestation to truly understand this process. So go ahead and check out those free resources, the motivation, the free clarity exercise, and the episode Manifestation 101, all linked below. And in an effort to make sure to have representation in this process series, go ahead and submit any process testimonials you have, especially to our LGBTQ plus community, our BIPOC, as well as the WISE, which is anyone in the community who is 45 and over. All right, we'll be back next week.